Do you know the four things that every leader needs to lean into in times of crisis? Today, I'm going to share a piece of a talk that I did with a staff of a local church and hope that it helps you lean into those moments. Really quick, the four things are respond, don't react, lead yourself before you lead others, over communicate and under annoy, and lean into the uncertainty matrix. I hope you enjoy this podcast. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you have any questions, don't hesitate to reach out to me. Also, it would mean the world to me if you would take five seconds and subscribe, rate, and comment about this podcast. If it means anything to you, it would mean the world to me if you would share it with people that you know. Thank you so much for tuning in. Welcome to Blue Collar Creative. Four handles for confusing times, okay? The first handle, we should always respond and never react in these moments. And usually when we're reacting, it uncovers emotions or tensions that are living deeper inside of us. Um, we've all had those moments. And I know a lot of us are, that are at home right now and are tuning in. We're tuning in because we're like, oh, wow, I've got nothing to do. And my kids are all over me and I just need a break. You may not even consider yourself a leader or consider yourself um, you might not consider yourself in that position in this season of life. And I have news for you. You actually are. Um, you're leading your home. You're leading your, you have to lead yourself. There's a lot of things that you get the opportunity to lead in your life every single day. When you're confronted with confusing times, reactions come out, responses help us lead and direct. Okay. So when we allow our reactions to be our response, what we do is we don't value the people that we're, we're serving with. We don't value our, our kids, our spouse, or our significant other. We, the, when, when reactions come out, reactions usually come out a little bit more abrasive, where responses come out in a way that help direct, guide, encourage, and move people towards where they're headed, right? And so we need to be responding in these moments, not reacting in these moments, the other thing about reaction and response, response usually has a plan to it. It has a strategy. It has an intentionality behind it. And a reaction is usually not. Now, I'm going to be real, real. Like yesterday was not the best day of my life. And my kids last night, they were my little girls. I have two twin girls. They're 11. Um, they were on the couch and they were trying to like cuddle and all this stuff. And I reacted and that reaction was not, it was not even their fault, but, but they got the brunt of my reaction as opposed to the embrace of my response. And so for you as a leader, the first thing you have to remember as a handle in moments of confusing times is respond to the situation and respond to all of the situations that follow it. All of the aftershocks respond to them. Don't react to them. Okay. Second thing you have to do is you have to make sure that you do a really, really good job of leading yourself well before you lead others. Um, one of my jobs allows me to travel. And so every time I get on the plane, you know, you go through the whole experience of them telling you the face mask is going to drop. And if it drops, put the face mask on yourself before you help someone else. And I think that in confusing times, we as leaders have the risk and maybe the temptation to go become everyone's superhero, right? So we're going to run out and lead everybody. We're going to lead everything. We're going to pound our chest. We are going to be the ultimate leader because that's what we were told we have to be. And the reality is if you don't lead yourself first, you don't lead others well. There's eight things you can do to lead yourself well. And I suggest you take a note card, okay? 
and you write these eight things down the side, and then across the top, you put Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, okay? You set this on your bed, side table, right next to your bed, and every night, right before you go to sleep, you just check off the eight things, how well you did today, pass or fail, okay? Here they are. Number one, you have to lead yourself spiritually. If you do not lead yourself well spiritually, no one else is going to. You need to be in your word. You need to be praying. You need to be doing the things that bring you closer to God. For me, it's music, and it is extremely important that I get outside. Now, if you are in the Nashville or Franklin area, you know that we basically live in Seattle right now. It is crazy. So getting outside is not easy. But it's so important that we, in these moments, lead ourselves spiritually. When we lead ourselves spiritually, it brings hope. It brings faith. It brings encouragement because what encouragement is, is encouragement is the ability to take the courage that God has put inside of us and replace it into other people, to plant it in others. That's what encouragement is. But when we're not filling ourselves up, we have nothing to export. Okay. The second thing you do to lead yourself well is health. Health is, is broken down into three sub points, emotional, mental health, which in times like this is very, very important. We need to make sure that we are engaging in relationships with people, that we are getting around people, that we are talking to people, that if we are in a moment and we are unsure of, of how to process, that we're having a conversation with a counselor, that's not a bad thing. A funny, funny story, several years ago, we had some, some really crazy circumstances with our kids. Um, and so Jackie and I went to go to counseling. And I was like, yeah, counseling is probably going to be really good for you. And um, like within a month, I had two counselors. So I went not needing one and ended up with two. Get counseling. It's so important. Physical health. You need to break a sweat every day. You need to do something physical. To It, it invigorates your creativity. It invigorates your processing. It helps you think more holistically. And then the, the, the third thing is you have to set boundaries and boundaries in this season are really, really hard because we wake up and then we stay home all day long and then we go to bed and then we wake up and do the exact same thing. We are living Groundhog Day right now and we have to be so imp- intentional to create boundaries in our life. There's work time, there's family time, there's alone time, there's we're going to create the things that help bring health to our lives. The third thing, energy and attitude. No one gets to control your energy and attitude except for you. If you are not controlling your energy and attitude, you are permissioning somebody else to do that. And that is very, very poor stewardship of your energy and your attitude. Okay. You get to choose what you bring to the projects and the efforts and the the things that you're going to do today. You get to control your hustle. Okay. And your hustle can be 1000% or it can be 1%, but whatever it is, you get to control it. That's your energy. You also get to control your attitude. And I know because I have four kids and they're home and they've been home for a long time and it feels like they are controlling my attitude, but we get to choose our attitude. We get to choose how we're going to control our attitude in these moments. Okay. Um, the fourth one is creatively creativity. God created you regardless of if, if your occupation is creative or not, God created you to be creative. The fifth word in the Bible is create. It's the first inclination that God gives us of who he is. It shows his character for the very first time in the Bible, in the fifth word of the Bible, when he says he created. It's the first action that God did in the whole scripture. Before he showed us about 
his grace, before he showed us about his love, before he showed us about his mercy, before he showed us about his faithfulness, he showed us his creativity. If he was that intentional to show us his creativity, he could have started the whole Bible in like Leviticus. Okay. He didn't have to start it in Genesis, but we did it. He did it that way because he wanted to show that everyone was born to be creative. So whatever that creativity looks like for you, you have a responsibility in this season to lead yourself and make sure that you are refueling yourselves creatively. You cannot export creativity if you are not importing inspiration. Make sure that you're doing that. Number five, you need to be educating yourself. What a perfect time for education. You know, in moments of crisis, there are three places that people run. They run to faith, they run to uh, knowledge, and they run to innovation. And if you look over history, 9-11, when 9-11 happened, our churches filled up. Right now, our churches can't fill up, but our online services are filling up. Education is important. Read a book, listen to a podcast, read an article, get on a flipboard, do something to fill yourself educationally, relationally. So important right now that you are in a relationship. Text somebody, call somebody, have a conversation with somebody, FaceTime somebody. I have seen more Instagram lives than I've ever seen in my entire life. It's blowing my mind, the volume of Instagram lives. A, it means a lot of people are bored, but also it's a great way to interact with people relationally. Okay. Uh, number seven, time and calendar. You get, you have the same amount of time today that you did a month ago when you weren't quarantined and you get to control what you put on your calendar to occupy that time. Nobody else gets to. If you look at your calendar and it's full of other people's priorities, that's a you problem, not a them problem. Okay? You get to control that. The last one is self-awareness. Now, the funny thing about self-awareness is the people that have self-awareness usually don't think that they do, and the people that don't have self-awareness usually think that they do. The self-awareness check is when you make a mistake, do you, regardless of the size of the mistake, do you treat that mistake as if it is a major equity withdrawal from the process that you are involved in. And when you make a, when you do something that's a win, do you consider it a major deposit or a minor deposit? People who are, are not self-aware, they consider every mistake a minimal withdrawal and, and doing the baseline level of work a major deposit, okay? That's a, that's a person who's not self-aware. Now, I've just given you those eight things really, really quick. Remember, I want you to take a note card. I want you to write those eight things down. You can also DM me, uh, B underscore R-E-W-S-T-E-R, and I can send you the eight things if you didn't get them all, okay? And then at night, I want you to do a checklist for a week. We're all going to be locked up for a week, so we might as well do a checklist. Let's do a checklist. That's the three in me. Uh, let's do a checklist, and let's make sure that we are leading ourselves well. So the first thing that we do the first handle in confusing times is we respond, we don't react. The second handle is that we are going to lead ourselves before we lead anyone else. We are going to put the oxygen mask on ourselves before we go and try to put it on somebody else. The third thing, we are going to over-communicate and under-annoy. Yes, we are going to over-communicate but under-annoy. How do we do that? Well, the first thing that we have to do is don't tweet, text, Insta, call every single thing that you have, every idea that you have. Kind of bundle them and save them up, right? My kids, they're bored right now. So they want to tell me every time they do a TikTok, which is about every 15 minutes. And they look, they walk around the house looking like Transformers right now. The reality is 
we need to be over communicating because we are, we have distance from each other. So we have social distancing taking place. It's so important that we over communicate and we stay in each other's lives and each other's conversation simultaneously bundle those conversations so that it's not, you can have one good conversation as opposed to 15 fragmented conversations. I can sit down and watch all of your TikToks or I can see every little TikTok that you do. And y'all, I mean, you know. Okay, the last thing I wanna talk about is the uncertainty matrix. Now this is more for leadership, but again, this does apply if you're a mom at home with your kids right now, if you, whatever you're doing in life right now, there are four, there's a, a, a typical matrix looks like this, right? Okay, so that's what a typical matrix looks like. I'm going to make sure everybody sees it. Okay, great. Now, over top of each of these things is a category. The known knowns, the unknown knowns, the known unknowns, and the unknown unknowns. Okay, so the known knowns. This is what we know and what we should be testing. This is what we know about our family. This is what we know about our values. This is what we know about our business. This is what we know about our church, about our organization, about our nonprofit. This is what we know about um, our hospital system right now. The things that we know. What do we know? How can we innovate around what we know? And then what truths and what should be questioned? What are our truths and what should be questioned about what we know right now? That's the first box. Everything that we know, we got to test it, we need to innovate around it, and we need to question it, okay? Then you move into the unknown knowns. The unknown knowns are the areas in your organization, family, church, business, life, where the frontline people know more than what the leaders know. And in moments of chaos and, and uncertainty, we need to be asking the people around us, the people that are on the front lines, the people that are closer to the chaos than we are, what do they know that we don't know? And then how do we fix that? So right now, I need to be asking my kids, hey, what are you feeling right now that I'm not feeling because I'm the dad and I'm trying to keep this whole boat moving? All right? Um, if, it's, if, if you're in a church, what are the people that are, are physically touching ministry right now what do they know that you as an executive team or a lead team or a senior leader in your organization that you do not know? What is that? Find out. you got to find out. If you don't know what you don't know, you are in big trouble. Okay? Known unknowns. In moments of crisis, we tend to stop focusing on researching the market around us. And that causes a lot of, what it does is when you stop focusing on the research of what you're doing, you take the problem that you have and you compact it and you compact it so tight that when it, when it gets to its, its boiling point, it's going to explode everywhere. So to lean into your unknown knowns, what you have to do is list down every assumption that you have about what's going on in your world what's going on in your organization, what's going on in your ministry, what's going on in your worship team, what's going on in your creative team. List every assumption. Find out how you can test those assumptions. What is the risk if those assumptions become true? And then what is the action to mitigate that risk? Okay, four things you do in the known unknown category. You list your assumptions, 
You find out how to test your assumptions. You find out what the risk is if your assumption becomes true. And then you find out the action to take to mitigate that, that unknown. Okay, last one, the unknown unknowns. This is where the surprises of our in, live in these moments, okay? And the surprises can be amazing or they can be really, really scary. We have to create a list of scenarios and I would do two lists. I would do the, this is the list of scenarios of things we hope never happen. And then simultaneously, this is the list of scenarios of what could happen when we, when we come out the other side of this. And this is where we start to figure out what are the surprises and how do we avoid the negative surprises and embrace the positive surprises. Because in these moments, we have a lot of hope, okay? There is more hope in our world today than there ever has been. And I know that a lot of us don't feel that right now. A lot of us feel anxiety. A lot of us feel um, fear. A lot of us are wondering how God's going to provide for our lives. A lot of us are, are asking bigger questions than we can probably answer. But the reality is that in this season of time right now, we are sitting on a powder keg of hope. Okay. And we are the ones that get to light that powder keg and blow it up. Okay. Because in life, we are confronted with moments where we are forced to adjust. And when we are forced to adjust, we know that the guiding principle of our life, the, the thing that all of our values, that all of our purpose, that all of our ministry, that everything lives on is God. And he's not surprised. And he knew this was going to happen. And he knows how long it's going to happen. And he's already prepared for it. And he's prepared it for you. He's prepared it for you where you're at today. And he knows what you're feeling. And he wants to be there. And he wants to comfort you through that. So those are the four handles that I would tell you you need to embrace in this season. Now, again, I had 20, 18 to 22 minutes. I've used uh, 20 of those minutes already. If you need that information, you can DM me, B underscore R-E-W-S-T-E-R, or you can, um, you can shoot me an email, B at stephenbrewster.me, and I will gladly give you all of this content if it has been helpful. Uh, one thing I would ask, if it has been helpful, I would ask that you share it. Um, share it on your social platforms, share it with other people. Let's, let's, let's share the good stories and the hope and the, the, the practical applications of things we can do in these days, not just all of the fear and the charts and the curve and all that other stuff that we can get all that on CNN. And until we get a broadcast mechanism as large as that, let's share this stuff as much as we can. Okay. I will take any questions in the next like two minutes. What is a practical way that we can self-evaluate our emotional creative health in this season? Oh, it's a great question, Chase. Okay, so in this season, emotional and creative health are two, they're two different things that, that live on the same train track, okay? Emotional health is like, are you excited about waking up? Are you looking forward to going to bed more than you're looking forward to having a conversation with somebody? Are you happy? Are you finding joy in the things that you've always found joy in? Those are, those are identifiers of emotional, emotional health. On creative health, what do you have to export? Now, in, in, in moments like we're in right now, our creative health should be booming because we have less things barraging our mind and more space to process. And so in these moments, 
there's three times a day that you get your most ideas, okay? It's when you're waking up, falling asleep. It's called the faders. It's when you're alone driving in your car or something like that. It's when you're in the shower. And that's because those are the moments that everything in the world isn't barraging on your brain. So in times like we're in today, go create 30 minutes that is just you and a notebook and a pen and sit there and just process. And if you're a believer, go read Matthew 6, 6 and pray that over yourself before you start to to process and watch God start to download ideas and solutions and ways to solve problems that you've never experienced before. And you'll afterwards, you're going to be like, what? How did that happen? It's, it's, it's God's design coupled with God's science coupled with your creativity. That's how you keep yourself sane creatively in these moments. All right. I love y'all. Thank you for tuning in. Please, if there's anything I can do for you, let me know. I would love to serve you. I'd love to just talk because I'm an Enneagram 3 extrovert and I'm bored right now. So holla at your boy. All right. It's been great. I've had so much fun. Thanks for tuning in, guys.